14. Tl to find that a window pane or an ornament responds to some note of the piano, if two tuning forks of exactly identical periods that island of the same frequency are placed on a table as in figure 174, and one is struck so as to give forth the clear sound, the second fork will likewise vibrate, even though the two forks may be separated by several feet of air, we can readily say that the second fork is in motion, although it has not been struck because it will set in motion a pith ball suspended beside it, at first the pith ball does not move, then it moves slightly, and finally bounces rapidly back and forth, if the periods of the two forks are not identical, but differ in the slightest degree, the second fork will not respond to the first fork, no matter how long or how loud the sound of the first fork, if we suppose that the fork vibrates 256 times each second, then 256 gentle pulses of air are produced each second, and these, traveling outward through the air, reach the silent fork and tend to set it in motion. A single pulse of air could not move the solid, heavy prongs, but the accumulated action of 256 vibrations per second soon makes itself felt, and the second fork begins to vibrate, at first gently, then gradually stronger, and finally an audible tone is given forth. The cumulative power of feeble forces acting frequently at definite intervals is seen in many ways in everyday life. A small boy can easily swing a much larger boy, provided he gives the swing a gentle push in the right direction every time it passes him, but he must be careful to push at the proper instant, since otherwise his effort does not count for much, if he pushes forward when the swing is moving backward, he really hinders the motion, if he waits until the swing has moved considerably forward. His push counts for little. He must push at the proper instant. That island the way in which his hand moves in giving the push must correspond exactly with the way in which the swing would naturally vibrate. A very striking experiment can be made by suspending from the ceiling a heavy weight and striking this weight gently at regular, properly timed intervals with a small cork hammer. Soon the pendulum, or weight, will be set swinging. 258. Borrowed Sound Picture frames and ornaments sometimes buzz and give forth faint murmurs when a piano or organ is played. The waves sent out by a sounding body fall upon all surrounding objects and by their repeated action tend to throw these bodies into vibration. If the period of any one of the objects corresponds with the period of the sounding body, the gentle but frequent impulses affect the object, which responds by emitting a sound. If, however, the periods do not correspond, The action of the sound waves is not sufficiently powerful to throw the object into vibration, and no sound is heard. Bodies which respond in this way are said to be sympathetic and the response produced is called resonance. Seashells when held to the ear seem to contain the roar of the sea, this is because the air within the shell is set into sympathetic vibrations by some external tone. If the seashell were held to the ear in an absolutely quiet room, no sound would be heard because there would be no external forces to set into vibration the air within the shell. Tuning forks do not produce strong tones unless mounted on hollow wooden boxes figure 175, whose size and shape are so adjusted that resonance occurs and strengthens the sound. When a human being talks or sings, the air within the mouth cavity is thrown into sympathetic vibration and strengthens the otherwise feeble tone of the speaker. 259. Echo. If one shouts in a forest, The sound is sometimes heard a second time a second or two later. This is because sound is reflected when it strikes a large obstructing surface. If the sound waves resulting from the shout meet a cliff or a mountain, they are reflected back, and on reaching the ear produce a later sensation of sound. 
By observation it has been found that the ear cannot distinguish sounds which are less than one-tenth of a second apart, that island if two sounds follow each other at an interval less than one-tenth of a second, the ear recognizes not two sounds, but one. This explains why a speaker can be heard better indoors than in the open air. In the average building, the walls are so close that the reflected waves have but a short distance to travel, and hence reach the ear at practically the same time as those which come directly from the speaker. In the open, there are no reflecting walls or surfaces, and the original sound has no reinforcement from reflection. If the reflected waves reach the ear too late to blend with the original sound, that island come later than one-tenth of a second after the first impression. An echo is heard. What we call the rolling of thunder is really the reflection and ray reflection of the original thunder from cloud and cliff. Some holes are so large that the reflected sounds cause a confusion of echoes. But this difficulty can be lessened by hanging draperies, which break the reflection. 260. Motion does not always produce sound. While we know that all sound can be traced to motion, we know equally well that motion does not always produce sound. The hammock swinging in the breeze does not give forth the sound, the flag floating in the air does not give forth the sound unless blown violently by the wind, a card moved slowly through the air does not produce sound. But if the card is moved rapidly back and forth, a sound becomes audible. Motion, in order to produce sound, must be rapid. A ball attached to a string and moved slowly through the air produces no sound. But the same ball, whirled rapidly, produces a distinct buzz, which becomes stronger and stronger the faster the ball is whirled. 261. Noise and Music. When the rapid motions which produce sound are irregular, we hear noise. When the motions are regular and definite, We had a musical tone, the rattling of carriage wheels on stones, the roar of waves, the rustling of leaves are noise, not music. In all these illustrations we have rapid but irregular motion, no two stones strike the wheel in exactly the same way, no two waves produce pulses in the air of exactly the same character, no two leaves rustle in precisely the same way. The disturbances which reach the ear from carriage, waves, and leaves are irregular both in time and strength and irritate the ear, causing the sensation which we call noise, the tuning fork is musical, here we have rapid, regular motion, vibrations follow each other at perfectly definite intervals, and the air disturbance produced by one vibration is exactly like the disturbance produced by a later vibration, the sound waves which reach the ear are regular in time and kind and strength, and we call the sensation music, to produce noise a body must vibrate in such a way as to give short, quick shocks to the air, to produce music a body must not only impart short, quick shocks to the air, but must impart these shocks with unerring regularity and strength, a flickering light irritates the eye, a flickering sound or noise irritates the ear, both are painful because of the sudden and abrupt changes in effect which they cause, the former on the eye, the latter on the ear, the only thing essential for the production of a musical sound is that the waves which reach the ear shall be rapid and regular, It is immaterial how these waves are produced. If a toothed wheel is mounted and slowly rotated, and a stiff card is held against the teeth of the wheel, a distinct tap is heard every time the card strikes the wheel. But if the wheel is rotated rapidly, the ear ceases to hear the various taps and recognizes a deep continuous musical tone. The blending of the individual taps, occurring at regular intervals, has produced a sustained musical tone. A similar result is obtained if a card is drawn slowly and then rapidly over the teeth of a comb. 
that musical tones are due to a succession of regularly timed impulses is shown most clearly by means of a rotating disc on which are cut two sets of holes, the outer set equally spaced, and the inner set an equally spaced figure 176. If, while the disc is rotating rapidly, a tube is held over the outside row and air is blown through the tube, a sustained musical tone will be heard. If, however, the tube is held, during the rotation of the disc, over the inner row of unequally spaced holes, the musical tone disappears, and a series of noises take its place. In the first case, the separate puffs of air followed each other regularly and blended into a one tone. In the second case, the separate puffs of air followed each other at uncertain and irregular intervals and the result was noise. Sound possesses a musical quality only when the waves or pulses follow each other at absolutely regular intervals. 262. The effect of the rapidity of motion on the musical tone produced. If the disc is rotated so slowly that less than about 16 puffs are produced in one second, only separate puffs are heard, and a musical tone is lacking. If, on the other hand, the disc is rotated in such a way that 16 puffs or more are produced in one second, the separate puffs will blend together to produce a continuous musical note of very low pitch. If the speed of the disc is increased so that the puffs become more frequent, the pitch of the resulting note rises, and at very high speeds the notes produced become so shrill and piercing as to be disagreeable to the ear. If the speed of the disc is lessened, the pitch falls correspondingly, and if the speed again becomes so low that less than 16 puffs are formed per second, the sustained sound disappears and a series of intermittent noises is produced. 263. The pitch of a note. By means of an apparatus called the siren. It is possible to calculate the number of vibrations producing any given musical note, such, for example, as middle C on the piano, if air is forced continuously against the disc as it rotates, a series of puffs will be heard figure 177, if the disc turns fast enough, the puffs blend into a musical sound, whose pitch rises higher and higher as the disc moves faster and faster, and produces more and more puffs each second. The instrument is so constructed that clockwork at the top registers the number of revolutions made by the disc in one second. The number of holes in the disc multiplied by the number of revolutions a second gives the number of puffs of air produced in one second. If we wish to find the number of vibrations which correspond to middle C on the piano, we increase the speed of the disc until the note given forth by the siren agrees with middle C as sounded on the piano. As nearly as the ear can judge, we then calculate the number of puffs of air which took place each second at that particular speed of the disc. In this way we find that middle C is due to about 256 vibrations per second, that island a piano string must vibrate 256 times per second in order for the resultant note to be of pitch middle C. In a similar manner we determine the following frequencies, do re miles fa sol la c do c d e f g a b c 256 288 320 341 384 area code 427 480 512 the pitch of pianos, from the lowest bass note to the very highest treble, varies from 27 to about 3500 vibrations per second, no human voice, however, has so great a range of tone, the highest soprano notes of women correspond to but 1,000 vibrations a second, and the deepest bass of men falls but to 80 vibrations a second, while the human voice is limited in its production of sound, rarely falling below 80 vibrations a second and rarely exceeding 1,000 vibrations a second. The ear is by no means limited to that range in hearing, the chirp of a sparrow, the shrill sound of a cricket, and the piercing shrieks of a locomotive are due to far greater frequencies. 
the number of vibrations at times equaling 38.000 per second or more. 264. The musical scale. When we talk, the pitch of the voice changes constantly and adds variety and beauty to conversation. A speaker whose tone, or pitch, remains too constant is monotonous and dull, no matter how brilliant his thoughts may be. While the pitch of the voice changes constantly, the changes are normally gradual and slight, and the different tones merge into each other imperceptibly. In music, however, there is a well-defined interval between even consecutive notes, for example, in the musical scale, middle C do with 256 vibrations is followed by D ray with 288 vibrations, and the interval between these notes is sharp and well-marked, even to an entrained ear. The interval between two notes is defined as the ratio of the frequencies, hence, the interval between C and D do and ray is 288-256, or 98. Referring to section 263, we see that the interval between C and E is 320-256, or 54, and the interval between C and C is 512-256, or 2, the interval between any note and its octave is 2. The successive notes in one octave of the musical scale are related as follows, key of C C D E F G of E C number of vibrations per seconds 256 288 320 341 384 area code 427 480 512 interval 9854433253582. The intervals of F and A are not strictly 43 and 53, but are nearly so. If F made 341.3 vibrations per second instead of 341, and if A made 426.6 instead of 427, then the intervals would be exactly 43 and 53. Since the real difference is so slight, we can assume the simpler ratios without appreciable error. Any eight notes whose frequencies are in the ratio of 9, 8, 5, 4, etc. will when played in succession give the familiar musical scale, for example. The deepest bass voice starts a musical scale whose notes have the frequencies 80, 90, 100, 107, 120, 133, 150, 160, but the intervals here are identical with those of a higher scale, the interval between C and D 80 and 90, is 98, just as it was before when the frequencies were much greater, that island 256 and 288, in singing, home, sweet home. For example, a bass voice may start with a note vibrating only 132 times a second, while a tenor may start at a higher pitch, with a note vibrating 198 times per second, and a soprano would probably take a much higher range still, with an initial frequency of 528 vibrations per second, but no matter where the voices start, the intervals are always identical, the air is sung by the bass voice would be represented by the air is sung by the tenor voice would be represented by. The air is sung by the soprano voice would be represented by. Chapter XXVIIR Musical Instruments 265. Musical instruments may be divided into three groups according to the different ways in which their tones are produced. First, the stringed instruments in which sound is produced by the vibration of stretched strings, as in the piano, violin, guitar, mandolin. Second, the wind instruments in which sound is produced by the vibrations of definite columns of air, as in the organ, flute, cornet, trombone. Third, the percussion instruments, in which sound is produced by the motion of stretched membranes, as in the drum, or by the motion of metal discs, as in the tambourines and cymbals. 266. Stringed instruments, 
If the lid of a piano is opened, numerous wires are seen within, some long, some short, some coarse, some fine. Beneath each wire is a small felt hammer connected with the keys in such a way that when a key is pressed, a string is struck by a hammer and is thrown into vibration, thereby producing a tone. If we press the lowest key, that island the key giving forth the lowest pitch, we see that the longest wire is struck and set into vibration. If we press the highest key, that island the key giving the highest pitch, we see that the shortest wire is struck. In addition, it is seen that the short wires which produce the high tones are fine, while the long wires which produce the low tones are coarse. The shorter and finer the wire, the higher the pitch of the tone produced, the longer and coarser the wire, the lower the pitch of the tone produced. The constant striking of the hammers against the strings stretches and loosens them and alters their pitch. For this reason each string is fastened to a screw which can be turned so as to tighten the string or to loosen it if necessary. The tuning of the piano is the adjustment of the strings so that each shall produce a tone of the right pitch. When the strings are tightened, the pitch rises. When the strings are loosened, the pitch falls. What has been said of the piano applies as well to the violin, guitar, and mandolin. In the latter instruments the strings are few in number, generally four, as against 88 in the piano. The hammer of the piano is replaced in the violin by the bow, and in the guitar by the fingers, varying pitches on any one string are obtained by sliding a finger of the left hand along the wire, and thus altering its length. Frequent tuning is necessary, because the fine adjustments are easily disturbed. The piano is the best protected of all the stringed instruments, being enclosed by a heavy framework, even when in use. 267. Strings and their tones. Fasten a violin string to a wooden frame or box, as shown in figure 181, stretching it by means of some convenient weight, then lay a yardstick along the box in order that the lengths may be determined accurately. If the stretched string is plucked with the fingers or bowed with the violin bow, a clear musical sound of definite pitch will be produced. Now divide the string into two equal parts by inserting the bridge midway between the two ends, and pluck either half as before. The note given forth is of a decidedly higher pitch. And if by means of the siren we compare the pitches in the two cases, we find that the note sounded by the half wire is the octave of the note sounded by the entire wire, the frequency has been doubled by having the length. If now the bridge is placed so that the string is divided into two unequal portions such as 1 colon 3 and 2 colon 3, and the shorter portion is plucked, the pitch will be still higher, the shorter the length plucked, the higher the pitch produced. This movable bridge corresponds to the finger of the violinist, the finger slides back and forth along the string, thus changing the length of the bowed portion and producing variations in pitch. If there were but one string, only one pitch could be sounded at any one time, the additional strings of the violin allow of the simultaneous production of several tones. 268. The freedom of a string. Some stringed instruments give forth tones which are clear and sweet, but with all thin and lacking in richness and fullness. The tones sounded by two different strings may agree in pitch and loudness and yet produce quite different effects on the ear, because in one case the tone may be much more pleasing than in the other. The explanation of this island that a string may vibrate in a number of different ways. Touch the middle of a wire with the finger or a pencil figure 182, thus separating it into two portions and draw a violin bow across the center of either half. Only one half of the entire string is struck but the motion of this half is imparted to the other half and throws it into similar motion, and if a tiny shaped piece of paper or rider is placed upon the unbowed half, it is hurled off, 
if the wire is touched at a distance of one-third its length and a bow is drawn across the middle of the smaller portion, the string will vibrate in three parts, we cannot always see these various motions in different parts of the string, but we know of their existence through the action of the riders, similarly, touching the wire one-fourth of its length from an end makes it vibrate in four segments, touching it one-fifth of its length makes it vibrate in five segments, in the first case, the string vibrated as a whole string and also as two strings of half the length, hence, three tones must have been given out, one tone due to the entire string and two tones due to the segments, but we saw in section 267 that having the length of a string doubles the pitch of the resulting tone, and produces the octave of the original tone, hence a string vibrating as in figure 183 gives forth three tones, one of which is the fundamental tone of the string, and two of which are the octave of the fundamental tone, Hence, the vibrating string produces two sensations, that of the fundamental note and of its octave. When a string is plucked in the middle without being held, it vibrates simply as a whole figure 184, and gives forth but one note, this is called the fundamental. If the string is made to vibrate in two parts, it gives forth two notes, the fundamental, and a note one octave higher than the fundamental, this is called the first overdone. When the string is made to move as in figure 183, Three distinct motions are called forth, the motion of the entire string, the motion of the portion plucked, and the motion of the remaining unplucked portion of the string. Here, naturally, different tones arise, corresponding to the different modes of vibration. The note produced by the vibration of one-third of the original string is called the second overdone. The above experiments show that a string is able to vibrate in a number of different ways at the same time, and to emit simultaneously a number of different tones. Also that the resulting complex sound consists of the fundamental and one or more overdones, and that the number of overdones present depends upon how and where the string is plucked. Illustration, Figure 185. A string can vibrate in a number of different ways simultaneously, and can produce different notes simultaneously. 269. The value of overdones. The presence of overdones determines the quality of the sound produced. If the string vibrates as a whole merely, the tone given out is simple, and seems dull and characterless. If, on the other hand, it vibrates in such a way that overdones are present, the tone given forth is full and rich and the sensation is pleasing. A tuning fork cannot vibrate in more than one way, and hence has no overdones, and its tone, while clear and sweet, is far less pleasing than the same note produced by a violin or piano. The untrained ear is not conscious of overdones and recognizes only the strong dominant fundamental. The overdones blend in with the fundamental and are so inconspicuously present that we do not realize their existence, it is only when they are absent that we become aware of the beauty which they add to the music. A song played on tuning forks instead of on strings would be lifeless and unsatisfying because of the absence of overdones. It is not necessary to hold finger or pencil at the points 1 colon 3, 1 colon 4, etc. in order to cause the string to vibrate in various ways. If a string is merely plucked or bowed at those places, the result will be the same. It is important to remember that no matter where a string of definite length is bowed, the note most distinctly heard will be the fundamental, but the quality of the emitted tone will vary with the bowing. For example, if a string is bowed in the middle, the effect will be far less pleasing than though it were bowed near the end. In the piano, the hammers are arranged so as to strike near one end of the string, at a distance of about 1 colon 7 to 1 colon 9 and hence a large number of overdones combine to reinforce and enrich the fundamental tone. 270. The individuality of instruments. 
It has been shown that a piano string when struck by a hammer, or a violin string when bowed, or a mandolin string when plucked, vibrates not only as a whole, but also in segments, and as a result gives forth not a simple tone, as we are accustomed to think, but a very complex tone consisting of the fundamental and one or more overtones. If the string whose fundamental note is lower C128 vibrations per second is thrown into vibration, the tone produced may contain, in addition to the prominent fundamental, any one or more of the following overtones, C, G, C, E, C, etc. The number of overtones actually present depends upon a variety of circumstances, in the piano, it depends largely upon the location of the hammer, in the violin, upon the place and manner of bowing. Mechanical differences in construction account for prominent and numerous overtones in some instruments and for feeble and few overtones in others. The oboe, for example, is so constructed that only the high overtones are present, and hence the sound gives a pungent effect. The clarinet is so constructed that the even-numbered overtones are killed, and the presence of only odd-numbered overtones gives individuality to the instrument. In these two instruments we had vibrating air columns instead of vibrating strings but the laws which govern vibrating strings are applicable to vibrating columns of air, as we shall see later. It is really the presence or absence of overtones which enables us to distinguish the note of the piano from that of the violin, flute, or clarinet. If overtones could be eliminated, then middle C or any other note on the piano, would be indistinguishable from that same note sounded on any other instrument. The fundamental note in every instrument is the same but the overtones vary with the instrument and lend individuality to each. The presence of high overtones in the oboe and the presence of odd-numbered overtones in the clarinet enable us to distinguish without fail the sounds given out by these instruments. The richness and individuality of an instrument are due, not only to the overtones which accompany the fundamental, but also to the forced vibrations of the enclosing case, or of the sounding board. If a vibrating tuning fork is held in the hand, the sound will be inaudible except to those quite near, if, however, the base of the fork is held against the table, the sound is greatly intensified and becomes plainly audible throughout the room, the vibrations of the fork are transmitted to the tabletop and throw it into vibrations similar to its own, and these additional vibrations intensify the original sound, any fork, no matter what its frequency, can force the surface of the table into vibration, and hence the sound of any fork will be intensified by contact with a table or box. This is equally true of strings, if stretched between two posts and bowed, the sound given out by a string is feeble, but if stretched over a sounding board, as in the piano, or over a wooden shell, as in the violin, the sound is intensified, any note of the instrument will force the sounding body to vibrate, thus reinforcing the volume of sound, but some tones, or modes of vibration, do this more easily than others, and while the sounding board or shell always responds, it responds in varying degree, here again we have not only enrichment of sound but also individuality of instruments, 271, the kinds of stringed instruments, stringed instruments may be grouped in the following three classes, instruments in which the strings are set into motion by hammers piano, instruments in which the strings are set into motion by bowing violin, viola, violoncello, Double bass. Instruments in which the strings are set into motion by plucking harp, guitar, mandolin. The piano is too well known to need comment. In passing, it may be mentioned that in the construction of the modern concert piano approximately 40.000 separate pieces of material are used. The large number of pieces is due, 
partly, to the fact that the single string corresponding to any one key is usually replaced by no less than three or four similar strings in order that greater volume of sound may be obtained. The hammer connected to a key strikes four or more strings instead of one, and hence produces a greater volume of tone. The viola is larger than the violin, has heavier and thicker strings, and is pitched to a lower key, in all other respects the two are similar. The violoncello, because of the length and thickness of its strings, is pitched a whole octave lower than the violin, otherwise it is similar. The unusual length and thickness of the strings of the double bass make it produce very low notes, so that it is ordinarily looked upon as the bass voice of the orchestra. The harp has always been considered one of the most pleasing and perfect of musical instruments. Here the skilled performer has absolutely free scope for his genius, because his fingers can pluck the strings at will and hence regulate the overtones, and his feet can regulate at will the tension, and hence the pitch of the strings. Guitar and mandolin are agreeable instruments for amateurs, but are never used in orchestral music. 272. Wind Instruments In the so-called wind instruments, Sound is produced by vibrating columns of air enclosed in tubes or pipes of different lengths. The air column is thrown into vibration either directly, by blowing across a narrow opening at one end of a pipe as in the case of the whistle, or indirectly, by exciting vibrations in a thin strip of wood or metal, called a reed, which in turn communicates its vibrations to the air column within. The shorter the air column, the higher the pitch. This agrees with the law of vibrating strings which gives high pitches for short lengths. The pitch of the sound emitted by a column of air vibrating within a pipe varies according to the following laws. 1. The shorter the pipe, the higher the pitch. 2. The pitch of a note emitted by an open pipe is one octave higher than that of a closed pipe of equal length. 3. Air columns vibrate in segments just as do strings, and the tone emitted by a pipe of given length is complex, consisting of the fundamental and one or more overtones. The greater the number of overtones present, the richer the tone produced. 273. How the various pitches are produced. With a pipe of fixed length. For example, the clarinet figure 189. 1. Different pitches are obtained by pressing keys which open holes in the tube and thus shorten or lengthen the vibrating air column and produce a rise or fall in pitch. Changes in pitch are also produced by variation in the player's breathing. By blowing hard or gently, the number of vibrations of the reed is increased or decreased and hence the pitch is altered. In the oboe figure 189, to the vibrating air column is set into motion by means of two thin pieces of wood or metal placed in the mouthpiece of the tube. Variations in pitch are produced as in the clarinet by means of stops and varied breathing. In the flute, the air is set into motion by direct blowing from the mouth, as is done. For instance, when we blow into a bottle or key, the sound given out by organ pipes is due to air blown across a sharp edge at the opening of a narrow tube. The air forced across the sharp edge is thrown into vibration and communicates its vibration to the air within the organ pipe. For different pi.